joining us online as well. So it's a wonderful way to start July and the 4th of July weekend. Um, I would also like to welcome Brenda back to the piano today. She's going to be playing this again. And I do have a special introduction. There's this uh, Pastor Drew Davis. He's been missing for a while. I'd like to welcome him back. Uh, the flowers that you'll notice on the altar today are uh, in memory of Herb Lamb. So, um, Margaret, thank you for the flowers and in Herb's memory on this 4th of July weekend. Uh, let's look at the calendar a little bit. What's coming up? Today, of course, um, after the service, it's birthday Sunday, potluck, and barbecue. So, even if you didn't realize it was potluck today, we got plenty of stuff. So, please plan to stay. And let's see, um, Tuesday, um, since it's the 4th of July, we will not have the normal Bible study Tuesday morning at 10. On Wednesday, we're starting something new. It's Wednesdays at Oceanside. It's going to start at 9 a.m. Wednesday morning at Buccaneer Park, which is, um, talk to anybody afterwards. If you don't know where it is, we'll give you directions. And from about 9 to 11, we'll be kind of just sitting around together, talking about this and that, maybe singing a little bit. But we'll be a very visible presence in the community, and hopefully some folks will wind up joining us. So this week is at Buccaneer Park. And it's called Wednesdays at Oceanside because it will move to different locations every Wednesday. So next Wednesday's location will be announced later on. This Wednesday, the first one, 9 o'clock, Buccaneer Park. Hopefully Nick will bring his harmonica again like he used to when we met out there for things. Um, on Tuesday, the 11th of July, is an admin council meeting at 11, right after the Bible study that day. On Friday, the 14th of July, which is Olive Garden for the Lunch Bunch meeting, and I'm out of announcements. That's it. Um, but I do want to mention, as Brenda goes into Century Music, she's arranged a, um, a service medley. So if you would please stand during the music for the service that you're connected to or have been connected to. Thank you.
morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Drew Davis. It's a pleasure to meet you today. <laughs> and it's a blessing to be able to be your guest speaker this morning. I would like to thank Pastor Jeremy for sharing space with me this morning so that I could speak. And I would definitely like to thank him and Pastor uh, Lori and just all the dear friends that came to speak so that I could have a time of renewal to be with my mom, to be with my kids, to find my footing, and to just be able to be in places of celebration. So it is uh, just a, a great blessing to be able to stand here again and celebrate Jesus Christ with you. I do have some uh, prayer requests today. If we could be here for Sylvia, who is Liz's cousin, who is in in the hospital today with heart issues. Are there any other prayer requests to share for this morning? We're going to pray for our good buddy, Mr. Paul Tillery, who is, is real blessing to see him. And I had a chance to check in with him over the phone a couple of times during renewal. Uh, as is healing, and Paul, it's good to see you in the room today. Amen. Yes. Any other prayer requests? Pastor? Yes, sir. For the people of um, Paris and the surrounding areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other prayers? For friends. All of our friends. Thank you. For France. 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 Yes. Absolutely. I had uh, too much fun partying. I had my hearing. France. Yes. Okay. Precious and loving God, thank you for being with us and being our guide and our mentor. Thank you for pointing us through the valley of shadow, through the valley of the shadow of death and leading us to the table beside still waters. Be with us today, Lord, as we celebrate your love. Amen. And as we transition, it's time for children's time, so come over and join me on the back. Max, friends. Or you can stay in your chairs. <laughs> However, it, it works out the best. So, I'm going to do this right here. I'm going to talk to my two dear friends here and everybody in this room. Do you know something that's very special about every single person in this room, including you? Including you? Do you know something that's very, very special? Not one single person in this room is the same person. They all have their unique responsibilities they all have their unique gifts they all have their unique skills and that is a blessing because you know what is a blessing every time that we learn something new about a different person we learn something new and that helps us grow too this summer you're going to start learning about the superheroes and we're going to do have a very special summer-long bible study that's about superheroes and how that they're super teams. And you know what's cool about Iron Man, Thor, the Incredible Hulk, Black Panther, Black Widow? You know what's cool about them? They're all different. <coughs> and they all have a responsibility. But you know the other thing that's cool about them? They're all Avengers. And you know what's cool about us? We're all friends. So even though we're all different, and even though that we have different loves, different things, and different things inside us, we are also all a community. So you're going to learn about that all summer. So let's join together and everybody join with me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for making me, me, 
Amen. All right, enjoy Sunday school with Mr. Saves. Let's all stand together for our opening songs. Oh, God. 
boasting how great, how great is our God. Make me a servant, make me a servant, make me a servant. 
Joining prayer time, God of loving welcome, embrace us this day as you welcome us into this house of worship so that we welcome your presence into our lives. Live in us, breathe in us, be in us. Let your warm hospitality flow through us that others may see your welcome in our eyes. <coughs> Let welcoming love guide our worship and may it be our way in the world. Amen. Join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Our Father which art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy will, will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now hear these words of assurance. Whoever gives even a tiny cup of cold water to a small child is doing the work of God. We have received and given such cups many times over. Today's scripture reading is Psalm 103, verses 1 to 2. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul and forget not all his benefits. Before that, we move into the prayer for the sermon as we deal with many areas of unrest. Paris, France, the, the the response of concerns. We see that many times. We've seen that in the United States many times. Response against fears and worries and concerns. And we ask the question, why? Why did the catalyst happen? Why has the response grown to the point that it is? We look at a world full of fear and worry, and we begin to ask the question, where is peace and rest? So I would like for us to say one more prayer for peace as we move into the sermon today, because the sermon today addresses what I see happening in these moments. Fear is powerful. Fear will make a person run away when they should stop and talk. Fear will make an individual push a situation further than it actually is. Fear opens doors that we pray and pray and pray for peace to close and open others. So let's be in a moment of prayer as we carry this prayer into today's sermon, as we look at what it means to live within a life that is differentiated from being controlled by fear and thriving within grace. Jeremy, would you please pray for me?
Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. Zach, as you, you come to us when we are in, in turmoil in our own lives, in our country, our world. Come, Father, Prince of Peace, grant us that you have promised us that, that all may be right, all may be situated in, in your plan, in your time. And Father, as we come today in this in this space together, brothers and sisters, and, and in your name, may we be advocates for, may we be representatives of your peace to each other, to this world, Father, so that, that others that don't know about you, don't know about your love, don't know about your grace and mercy and peace, that they may see a glimpse of who you are through us of the peace we represent this world may come to peace as well praise in your precious son's name our lord savior and king jesus christ amen, amen. thank you pastor thank you very much let's move into this conversation of grace and overcoming fear last week june 28th was a very special day that I would like to take a moment of, to celebrate. It was a very special guy's birthday last week. I would like to celebrate the 320th birthday of John Wesley. Amen. He doesn't look a day over 250. <laughs> he might look 320 in this picture, maybe. But I want to talk about the journey of John Wesley today, and I want to celebrate the reality that exists within our lives of when we can shift to a place that grace becomes stronger than worry. John Wesley's own faith journey displays a reality of overcoming the fear of failure and shifting in a place that we can find our hearts strangely warmed and just sit in the presence of grace. I want you to think about a child that grew up in a home with his brother Charles and his mom Susanna every night had nightly Bible lessons sitting around the table. A very unique experience of being within a family that was so faith-driven that it was their main focus each, each evening. It was their family conversation. You may envision a pastor, much like me, at 1501 Kelly Street in Oceanside, California, nightly sitting at the dinner table and opening the scriptures and sharing the blessings of the gospel. There may be some pages turning at our dinner table, but they are more written by Stan Lee than St. John. And sometimes we talk about the spiritual battles that take place between the judgment day and the four horsemen. But our journey is still that around the conversations. And it's a very beautiful blessing and an image to think about a family communing together under the care of grace and building up a life. It is a beautiful image that drove John Wesley into his ministry. 
John Wesley becomes a priest in the Church of England and becomes inspired to make a difference so much that he goes to the American colonies and tries to open an orphanage in Georgia. And like most things that pastors try for the first time in their lives and their careers, John Wesley's efforts of opening this orphanage were not the most successful. There's fear and worry and defeat that exists in moments of failure. There's fear and worry and defeat that exists in moments that you want to go out, you want to be inspired and driven and led by the Holy Spirit in such a way that you just know it's going to happen, you know it's going to work, and no. You kind of sit in that moment of fear and you have to just restart and try it again. Throughout this sermon, I'm going to talk about the importance of stepping away from fear, but there will be a moment when I talk about how fear inspires us to see the world through a different set of eyes. There will be a section of this sermon that I share with you how fear opens the doors for grace to kick through and shine in ways that we never expected, and that happened for John Wesley, settling back from the American colonies to England, going to Aldersgate Church, hearing the opening words of a letter by Martin Luther, and his heart on that night was strangely warmed. And from that moment, he becomes friends with George Whitfield. He steps outside of the building, and he begins to share ministry in a brand new and exciting way. I want us to think about that today. Throughout my life, my faith movement actually has two different stories. I'll share with you the beginning part of my faith movement. My faith started in fear. My faith started with needing to have the answer to the unanswerable question, what's next? My faith started with wondering, when this being ends, what's next? Is this all? Is there more? Am I good enough? Was I too bad? I existed within a paradox that had me in fear trying to find answers. Within my life, I found that answer. I heard the story of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I walked down the aisle. I shook the hand with the pastor. I was baptized. And I had an answer to my fear. But all I had was an answer to my fear. I was asked quite frequently, what if you're wrong? What if all of this is hokum? What if it's stories and fairy tales? What if you're wrong? And I shared a response that equaled life to a great poker game. I answered a question that shared, if I'm wrong, at least I'm holding aces in my hands right now and I have some assurance. Now the picture that's on the screen is Pasquale. And I have learned of Pasquale's wager. Pasquale's wager, what I did not know was the answer that I always shared with my friends. Pascal once shared that it is better to live a life dedicated to God in case that there is a God because I would rather do 
something that's right and experience heaven than to have been wrong and experienced hell. Every word I just shared with you is rooted in fear. I need to do something because of the benefit. I need to do something because of the blessing. Here's how it's laid out. I would rather waste time and effort and believe in God so that I can exist in heaven than to experience eternal damnation. That has been within my journey, the journey of my faith. That has been the journey. It took me finding a place that I began to understand John Wesley, that I began to learn about prevenient, justifying, and sustaining grace. I began to understand about a God that is not looking to punish me, but a God that is willing to open doors and to create opportunities and to make things happen so that blessings can flow. When that we go on a journey that is truly free in salvation, truly free. I remember the pastor every day saying, when you are in Christ, you are free, you are free indeed. And it took a moment that I truly understand what grace is. And my definition of grace is the moment that I stop and Jesus Christ takes over. There is no failure in incompletion. There is no failure in the things that I can't do. If grace is where I stop and Jesus Christ takes over, it is not failure or defeat. It is, thank you, God, for making me whole. There's freedom in that. I want us to look at the world through eyes that the freedom of grace truly proclaims what I heard every Sunday as a kid. Is that when you're free in Christ, you're free. You are free indeed. I want to share with you some quotes. And I want to pair these quotes off of other statements made by John Wesley. This quote is made by a former Golden Gloves boxer named Mark Merrill. Many of the things we take for granted, someone else is praying really hard for. Maybe it's time to smile for what we have rather than to cry for what we don't have. When we exist in life in fear, fear takes away the blessings that we're already standing in. When we live life in a faith based in fear, wondering what's next, wondering what we're going to lose, wondering the torment that awaits us, we miss the blessings that already exist, that already thrive, that already flow. It's not even bothering me that the capital E in the word have is up there. That's a mistake, and that's okay, because Jesus Christ takes over where I stop. John Wesley would say this in these moments, that we are so desperate to look for the things that we don't have that we can forget to celebrate where we already are. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. 
Two words in that jumped out at me as I prepared this sermon. Even mine. I am my ultimate critic. I am my ultimate judge. When I look at the words of Mark Merrill and I am worried about the things that I don't have as I forget to celebrate the blessings that I stand in, I am the critic that brings division to the grace that I celebrate, and God never creates that division. If we celebrate a reality that Jesus Christ begins where we end, Christ doesn't stop. Christ doesn't create division. I do. I do. I want us to look at some ways that we work through that through annual conference this year. Yes. Look at this beautiful background. This was a beautiful background at the Los Angeles uh, hotel that we had annual conference at. This beautiful image of a rainbow hung in the sky, both in the imagery of God hanging the rainbow as a promise that torment would not return, and the imagery of unity and sustainability that exists between one and all. There are so many blessings that exist in that. Instead of not worrying about what we don't have, instead of worrying what we're missing out on, to really look at the unity and the promise that comes from the gifts of Jesus Christ's grace and remembering that we exist in a unity of grace that is never cut off by God. That beautiful example. A community of people standing together. And this is an image of true unity. I want to explain to you what's happening in this video. Unity is not always sitting side by side and agreeing with each other. Unity is not always sitting next to a person that I can eagerly shake hands with and hug. Sometimes unity exists within the fear of the people that we don't like, but it exists within the challenge of allowing them to speak and hearing their voices so that we can grow and work together. What's taking place in this video is a church from a Korean church in the North District that is looking for the opportunity to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. And even though that I disagree with their stance, and even though I disagree with what they feel, this still exists as an image of unity. When I can allow another individual to have their voice, even though I don't agree with it. When I can allow an individual to have their voice within moments of frustration, I can set my fears aside and open my ears and celebrate the reality that if we can find the middle ground that is created in grace, even though we disagree, we can still serve. This moment was both stressful and freeing for me all at the same time. One of my favorite New philosophers, Coach Ted Lasso would say, if you're on a horse and you're, and you're comfortable, you're probably riding it wrong. <laughs> this uncomfort 
creates within me the inspiration to both listen to them and it challenges me to learn more about what I believe so I can articulate it and teach it. Not shout and fight, but articulate and teach. And then cool things happen. So I want to share with this. This is awesome. This is awesome. When we exist into a place that allows any voice to have its voice, that empowers it to have its voice, no matter what, images like this happen. I would like to introduce you to the Youth Council President of the California Pacific Conference, Hunter Chapin Davis. So I was already crying because my kid was up front, right? But then here's what happened. I told the kid, I can't go with you, you gotta do it. I can't go with you. And our annual conference showed me an image of what unity is. The lady standing next to Hunter is Denise Barnes. She is the uh, social justice chair of the California Pacific Conference. She leads all the LGBTQIA plus camps and LGBTQIA advocacy groups. Hunter's best buddy, Santa right next door. But Hunter, what? Hunter, remind me his name. I'm sorry. Tao. Tao. Tao was in charge of all the youth activities that day. And Mona Lisa is a lady that you can see. All of them went up and sit around my kid to empower him to have the ability to speak. In front of 900 people, which his dad has never done. <laughs> that is this image. It wasn't, it wasn't, if you're too afraid to do this, maybe you shouldn't. That's fear. What it became an image of was, you have the desire to do this, I'll go with you. Now that may make me a bad dad, I don't know, but I needed my kid to step out without that. So the annual conference stepped up and went with him. How amazing is that? It's not the fear of allowing someone to say something I don't like. It's not the fear of someone may mess up because they're afraid. It's giving them their voices anyway and making it possible. That's what I got from annual conference this year. That's what I got from annual conference this year. I want to look at a different quote. I want to look at my other main man, Mr. Dave Grohl. I want us to think about this. People need to appreciate their voice. I don't want to sing like anyone else. I want to sing like me. When we stop comparing ourselves to other people, comparing ourselves to other people is a statement of fear. We can begin to see not just the blessings that exist where we're at, but we begin to see the blessings of who God has made us to be as individuals. The doors that God has opened for us as individuals to attempt new things and to try new things. John Wesley would say, when you do what you can, you do enough. I feel like there's a Ted Lasso quote that fits into that too, but it's not jumping into my mind. 
But I want us to think about that. When we do what we can and we realize that what we do is enough, we begin to step away and let other people do things. We begin to step away and disappear for three months and catch our breath and then stand in the bullpen on July 3rd. Second? Thank you. I was gone so much I forgot what day it is. On July 2nd and know that everything's okay. When we allow other people to lead, beautiful things start to happen. I want to share with you one of the things that I did on my renewal meeting. And yeah, I still planned church services and I still did church stuff. But I got to do passion projects. And when you can do passion projects, it opens doors of spiritual renewal that you just don't even realize existed. You get to do the things that inspire you and move you, and hopefully through that inspiring, you inspire other people. These are images from the uh, Light of uh, Pride service in Oceanside that I had the blessing to help arrange and, and schedule and format. This is at the um, chapel in Oceanside, Sanctuary of Oceanside. It was an opportunity as a part of Oceanside and North County LGBTQ Resource Center to have a faith voice within a community of individuals that are loved and are of sacred worth within the kingdom of God. It was one that Southern Baptist scared of the consequences Pascal's wager Drew Davis would cringe at, but today I see it as an image of what true freedom means when you allow every voice to speak and you allow every voice to move. Next slide, please. This is Pentecost. This Pentecost. And Pentecost evangelism is as a drag performer sharing the gospel and the freedom that comes in the identity of faith. To be able to freely be free, to freely be who you are and know that you are complete and whole freedom in that. The, the blessing that exists in that. The keynote speaker of that day. Now I know where I recognize you from. Our friends in this picture. Is that you in the front row? Yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> Next picture. And there's other things that become a group of that too. North Coast United Methodist Church has a functioning ministries exists within the South District, and it is an open, affirming gathering for LGBTQ. I hate plus kids to have a place to be there, to be holy themselves, and be accepted in ministry and the gospel. The uh, young man on the left in the front row was one of the opening advocates of making this happen. Having the opportunity to speak, <clears throat> having the opportunity to speak with the bishop and the district superintendent and the LGBTQIA resource coordinator and say, I have this cool thing that exists in my school. If we could do it in our church, it would open some doors. Well, it exists. And exists when we allow voices to speak, to share what they may need, and we do. It exists when we allow voices to speak, 
and we hear. When we set fear aside and we exist within grace, and we allow grace to flow in such a way that new ideas and new inspirations open doors and make it possible. When grace prevails. I'll share at the beginning of the sermon that sometimes fear is a motivator and fear does some good things. Sometimes fear opens the door for us to say what we're afraid of. Sometimes fear exists and it shares with us an open door to find out what grace is. I will wholeheartedly share with you, I may condemn the fear that I had within my past well's wager of an existence in my faith journey, but I won't stand here today without that piece of the puzzle in my life. It opened the door for me to hear about the journey of Jesus Christ. It opened the door for me to begin to understand who Christ is and to begin to truly stand in the place where grace can prevail. And I stand in grace today because once upon a time, I was afraid. June 28th is not just John Wesley's birthday. June 28th, one more, is also Stonewall. Stonewall Day on June 28, 1969, was a moment of response to controlled injustice against the LGBTQIA community. Stonewall Day exists in a moment that individuals decided to stand together and defend instead of standing together and to be held back. It was a response. Stonewall Day is acknowledged as the first pride rally. And every year since, for years upon years, pride takes place in June because of the actions of the individuals in New York to speak for themselves, to step outside of fear, to respond to fear, and to share their stance against oppression. There's blessings that exist when we can set fear aside and stand in grace. There's blessings that exist when we allow fear to motivate us to move towards grace. And when we find our place completely and wholly within that kingdom, new things can happen. We're going to move into our time of communion. Well, let's think about the actions of Jesus Christ for a moment. I'll share with you my reality of what I cherish the most about the identity of Jesus Christ. I cherish that Christ walked with the followers and opened doors for other leaders to take their place. I cherish that. I cherish that, that Christ turned over tables and changed the way that we see power. I cherish that. But here's something that I cherish. There was one night that Jesus Christ went to Gethsemane. And he was afraid. Christ utters the words, take this cup away from me. I cherish the reality that even the Redeemer of the world sat in a moment of being afraid. 
took a deep breath, and went on about it. And served. And marched to a cross to be crucified. Was placed into a grave to be buried. And then three days later, arose from the fear to be the image of true grace. We're going to go through the entire liturgy. You'll see hymnals near you. We're going to open our hymnals to page 13. Within this time of celebration today, we're also going to celebrate a time of renewal. I have set up a basin over here, and this basin is, is I'll fill with water, I'll do the parts of the baptismal liturgy with it. I don't believe in rebaptism because I don't believe that grace stops. But what I believe in is remembering our baptisms and being thankful. So this morning, when you come forward to take communion, you'll take communion. You'll take have your communion at the table. Take it. And then I want you to step over. I want you to dip your finger in, in the water and do a little cross on your forehead and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to celebrate the reality that comes from freedom and not fear. Freedom in the resurrection. Freedom in our baptism. Freedom in the Holy Spirit. When we step away from fear, grace prevails. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And on that evening, he took the cup and he raised the cup and he gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is given, Christ will come again. Now I'm going to step away from the Lord for a second. We're going to talk about Christ pouring out his Holy Spirit on us. Through the act of baptism, we interact with the Holy Spirit. Through the act of baptism, we celebrate the actions of Jesus Christ 
allowing John the Baptist to cleanse him to be an example of freedom in the spirit of love and joy. Water cleanses us. Water nurtures us. Water renews us. It is through water that we find our statement, our outward connection to the connection to the Holy Spirit. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory. And we feast at the heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Please, here's the order. We'll come forward, you'll receive and take communion at the table and then move over to the water. Thank you, Christ. And that will be our actions of celebration. Please come forward to receive the gifts of Christ.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for all the holy mystery in which that you've given yourself to us. With our lives, we proclaim the peace of Christ. Grant that we may go into the world with the strength of the Spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcoming God, there are many who need your welcome, many who yearn for your taste of your comforting love. Receive ourselves and our gifts with the same generous spirit that you have shown us. In our giving your may we welcome as well as have been welcomed. In our sharing may we love as we have loved. In these gifts may we even the little ones know your loving welcome. So I'll stand together for our closing hymn. Thank you. 